The following shear has been presented by Rav Yehoshua Grunwald, Dayan at the Beis Havad of Lakewood, New Jersey, and has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Alocha Center. To dedicate a Parsha or an entire Sefer, please call 1-888-485-8223 or email info at the halachacenter.org. Parashas Vayikra. The Pasuk in this week's Parasha says, Adam Kiyakiv Mikem, a person that brings a carbon from among you, and Rashi says, Ma Adam just like Adam Marishain did not bring a carbon from stealing what was stolen, everything belonged to him. So to you should not bring a carbon from what's stolen. <clears throat> In essence, Rashi is telling us that the Pasik is telling us that we should make sure that our carbonis are not from stolen money. And we learn this from Adam Marishan. Just like by Adam Marishan, everything belonged to him. It wasn't possible to have any theft because everything belonged to him. So the Pasik used the word Adam to tell us all our carbonis should be like Adam. All our kabbalah should be away from theft. Trust me, be Adam Arishin, it was away from theft. Chaim Knievsky Shlita, in his Sefer Taimah Dekra, he asks, and this Josh of Chazal from a Gemara in Sanhedrin, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Dafnun Vov says, the Pasik says, by Adam Arishin, we call it The Pasik says, from all the trees in the garden, Adam Arishin is able to eat. The Gemara Darshins, from all the trees he could eat, but not from what's stolen. So, how could Chazal Darshan, that Joseph God Marishan had no gazel, when at the same time there's a different rush of Chazal, that Adam Marishan was commanded not to steal. You see, that it was possible that even Adam Marishan could have theft. To answer the question, I think there are numerous ways I think I'd like to mention two possible ways. One possible way is to say that there's a Sefer Divi Chemdas Yisrael. He explains that uh, during the days of Adam Arishin, until after the, uh, until after Noyach, until after the Mabul, the humanity, people were not allowed to eat animals and birds. And only after the Mabul Hashem permitted them to eat it. What was the Geder? What was the understanding of that Isra that they weren't allowed to eat? Behemoth in Oifos says the Sefer Chemdas Yisrael was like Begeder Gezel. Belonged to Hashem and it was like Begeder Gezel. So you could explain that even though monetarily, so to say, everything belonged to Adam Arishin and in that sense there was no Gezel, it was a different type of gazel, like stealing from Hashem, and that would be for them to eat animals and birds and animals. They can't; they weren't allowed to eat meat. So that type of gazel, that type of gazel is not a type of gazel that's ma'akiv a carbon. So we're saying just like the Marishan had no such thing as theft that would be a contradiction for bringing a carbon from it. So too. A person should not go ahead and nobody should have a carbon that has anything to do with theft, just like it was by Adam Arishan. Another pshat, you could say, is that in a Hanami, for Adam Arishan himself, 
there was no such thing as theft. But for his children there was. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Pasuk there, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Adam and Rishon something that would be applicable for his children. And for that, there was an issue of theft. But during Adam Rishon's life, everything belonged to him. And so the drush is from when Adam Rishon was alive. While Adam Rishon was alive, there was no such thing as theft. And with the people's karbanis should be like that, that they should be clean from theft. Clean from theft. Now you could ask, why is it that the Torah had to tell us this message in comparison, learning it from Adam Rishon? But the Torah to say straight out, the karma should not be the theft. Perhaps we could say the pshat is that the Torah wants to tell us a message. The Torah wants to tell us that our karbanis should be so clean, so far removed from theft, it should be like it was by other Mauritians' days, that it was fully removed. There was no such thing as theft. It should be so distant, so far away from theft, it should be as if it's out of the world of theft. It should be totally clean of theft, even though a person is never allowed to steal. But the Torah is bringing us an idea that uh, perhaps there's a different level of cleanliness and distance of theft that's necessary when we have karbanis. And we find that concept in numerous places. The Pasuk says, when it's a carbon, the Pasuk says, a person makes a bracha from gezel, that's not a bracha, that's not a praise, that's not a shevach, that's not doing, that's not doing something that's avoidas Hashem, that's a newt of Hashem. And similarly we have, that's B'chayr Pshat in, the the Pasuk says in Parashat Tzitzavah, this is in Perek Hoftes, Pasuk Lamevov, the Pasuk says, V'chiteso ala Mezbeach, they should bring a kapara for the Mezbeach. Rashi brings down a medrash to Yaskoyanim, that kapara is ha Mezbeach hutzricha. It was a kapara of the Mezbeach necessary. Sheme is nadiv ishtover goz b'melechaz ha-mishkim ha-mezbeach. In case maybe, Somebody donated something that was gazel for the, for the Mishkan, for the Mizbeach. They had to be far removed. Karbanis have to be far, far removed from gazel. When it comes to Avaidas Hashem, comes to mitzvahs, it has to be even, it's even more important that they are clean and gansen from gazel. Bearing this thought in mind, I like to devote this year to talk about an idea of gazel in relation to mitzvahs. In a certain sense, we permit something that we don't usually permit when it comes to mitzvahs. But a person has to be careful with it because we said that a person has to be extra careful that his mitzvahs aren't connected, aren't based on gazel. Let's take a look Shochan Aruch Hilchas Titus, Shochan Aruch Simen Yudalid, Sif Yud Sif Dalid. Shochan Aruch says, "Muter Lito Talis Chaveiro Ulivarech Aleo." You're allowed to take a talis that belongs to your friend and make a bracha. This is talking about even if you don't have your friend's permission, and you're even allowed to make a bracha. 
As long as you fold it back up, if you found it, fold it. The Rima adds, same thing by Tzvillin, and this comes from Rishonim. And the first part comes from Arash, another Rishonim. And the Rima that adds Tzvillin comes from a Nemuki Yosef. But you're not allowed to learn from the Svarim of your friend. We're worried that you might rip them while you learn from them. So, the Shulchan Aruch says you're allowed to take barrow without permission the talus of your friend. You're even allowed to make a bracha even though it's not so simple. How could you make a bracha? You could only make a bracha on a talus if the talus belongs to you. If you take a talus from your friend, you can only make a bracha on it if he gives it to you matona amanas lahachsir, like by a, the lulav and esrig. So here, why are you allowed to make a bracha? We'll have to perhaps get back to that. But you're allowed to take the talis and even make a bracha as long, even though you don't have permission, as long as you fold it back up. And same thing by tefillin. So the Mishnah Brewer comes along and the Mishnah Brewer says, the reason why you're allowed to take it without permission is because there's a cloud. There's a cloud that people are happy. There's an assumption. There's a chazaka. That people are happy that another person should do a mitzvah with their money. However, says the Mishnah Brewer, says the Mishnah Brewer, only on a temporary basis. also, you can't do this every day. Says the Mishnah Brewer, even if you do it on a temporary basis. You're only allowed to use it in that place. If you're going to take it to another building, another room, that's Osir. Because that, there's no assumption anymore. Maybe that a person is mocked about. If you, if you have, if the talus is right here in the shul, in his stender, and you'll take it out, and you'll put it out, it's in that shul, it's on the table, and you'll wear it, so then it's not a problem. Zok the Mishnah Bura further. If the Primi Godim says, even though there's a chazaka, there's an assumption that people are happy you do a mitzvah with their money. It's only an assumption. It's a chazaka. Chazaka works when you're not able to be mevarer. If you have a suffix, if you don't know, you're in doubt. So, and you can't figure out what the answer is. So chazaka tells you you can make such, uh, you can rely on an assumption. But, there's a general rule all over we don't rely on chazakis when you're able to be mevar. If you're able to figure it out and find out what the real answer is, then you're not supposed to rely on a chazaka. So too over here, sok the Mishnah Brura in the name of the Primagodim, that if the owner is here, you should go ahead and ask him. Don't rely on the chazaka. Since you're able to easily be mevarer, the answer of whether he's makbid or not, you're mechuyiv to go and ask him. Even though you assume he's not Makbid, assuming is not enough if you could easily ask him. So that's many different parameters, uh, limitations to this halacha that you could assume that the owner is not Makbid. Number one, you can only use it on a temporary basis. Number two, you can't take it to another building. Number three, if it's easy to ask the owner, you're mechuyiv to ask the owner. And Shulchan Aruch said that you're mechuyiv to go ahead and and, ra- and fold it back up the same way you found it.
So, and also the Shulchan Aruch said, Shulchan Aruch said that this is applicable to Talis or to Tefillin, but not from Svarim. Just to go for a moment to what we spoke about before, how you're allowed to make a bracha. Morgan Avram asked this question. Morgan Avram asks, how can you make a bracha? And Morgan Avram asks, stronger. L'chayra, it's a stira. Because later on, in Hilchus Lulav and Esrik, it says that you can't go ahead and take from somebody else's. Because it's not yours. If he gives it to you, it's one thing. So why here? So the, the Magna Avram says, in the Chanami, over here it's Taka Potter. Over here, Yutaka would not theoretically be able to make a bracha because it's not yours, even though you have permission to use it based on the Nichalele Inish, based on this assumption that he's happy you do a mitzvah with his money. But that would not be a real kium since it's not yours. The only reason you're making you're making a bracha is of the Magnavram. It's like women that do a mitzvah and mitzvah says as man garma. Even though women are not mechuyiv, it's a kiyum rishos. When it's not yours, it's like ladies doing a mitzvah say shazman garma that they have no chiyiv to do it, but it's rishos. It's a kiyum mitzvah even though they're not mechuyiv. So too, when it's borrowed, you're not mechuyiv to have tzitzis on it, but it's a kiyum mitzvah if you do have tzitzis, and you're allowed to make a bracha and a rishos just like women make a bracha. That's the Magen Avram's answer. Now others say otherwise, but that's how the Magen Avram learns. Now, it's interesting to note uh, that uh, there's a Shailis, the Tribus Elef Lechashleimai, which is a Shleimai Kluger, and he extends this halacha of Shulchan Arach to another thing as well. He talks about a kittel. He says that just like you can go ahead and use your friend's talis without permission if you can't reach him with the following, with the listed conditions that we mentioned, because you make a mitzvah with it, so too you would be able to do the same thing with a kettle, to wear it on Yom Kippur, or for, or for Tfilas Geshem, or Tfilas Tal, or something like that. Because again, we would say, Nichele the Inish, that a person should do a mitzvah with his money. And since using it, even though the level of mitzvah of wearing a kettle is much less than the level of mitzvah of wearing talis and tefillin, Nevertheless, Ipshle Miklugi extends it to the wearing of a kittel as well. However, there's a very important point to mention. And that is, there's a very interesting thing. Shulchan Aruch came along over here and said that there's an assumption that the talis and tefillin people would allow you to use, but svarim people would not allow you to use. And we saw that Ipshle Miklugi extended that that talis and tefillin, and who had dina kittel, there's an assumption the owner will allow you to use it, whereas we have it before, svarim, a person will not allow you to use. It's a very interesting thing, because if you look in the Orach HaShulchan, and there's others that say this as well, the Orach HaShulchan already said this, and some, some of this others say as well, uh, even earlier, some are even earlier than him, and there's two different Orach HaShulchans. There's one Orach HaShulchan, of Adir in Hilchas Tzitzis, and he says, we find today that many people are makbid on a talus. A new talus, especially if it's a new talus. Many people, they can't be soivula. Another person should wear their talus because of schwitz, cleanliness. People are more mafunic today. And therefore, Noach HaShulchan says, 
to wear somebody else's talis and v'chayr the tefillin the same thing and probably a kittel the same thing. Zok d'orech ha-shulchan, the halacha, what shulchan arach says that there's an assumption. Most people are not makhpid on somebody else using their talis or tefillin and kittel because it's for a purpose of a mitzvah that was in the shulchan arach's days. Today things are very different. Today things, you can't make such an assumption. People are a little more mephonic, people are a little more, more, uh, people are a little more mephonic, and they won't necessarily, they may be masculine, they may be happy, but you don't know, you can't make a chazaka, there's no automatic assumption that somebody's so happy that you use his talis, tefillin, or kittel, uh, just because he needs it for the purpose of a mitzvah. At the same time, there's another Arach HaSholchan, there's an Arach that says, that when it comes to Sfarim, it's also the opposite is true. Shulchan Aruch says that uh, Sfarim, people are very makbid about. Today, Sfarim are much more common. Today, uh, Shulchan Aruch have to realize it's coming from Rishayim. In the times of Rishayim, there was no, there was no printing press even. Sfarim were certainly, they were all handwritten. And the paper was a different kind of paper. They were very expensive. And certainly people were very mechpid on Svarim, somebody else using their safer. And that was something that people were, would be mechpid on, so therefore there was no assumption. Sokhtar al-Hashokhan today, Svarim are very common. Now the Archashokhan wrote in his days before World War II, Svarim were no way nearly as common and cheap as they are today. And even then, Archashokhan said that today we could assume that another person lets you use his safer without permission. The Sefer Likuta Maria says the same thing. And Shevet Alevi seems to say the same thing. That today, Svarim, I like what the Shulchan Arach says about Tzitzis and Tzvillin. And you know, if you go to Shul and you see somebody else's sitter, and I say if there's worry that maybe he himself needs it for himself, so you can't use it, but let's say it's sitting on a shtander, you walk in for Mincha, he's not here for Mincha. There's an assumption, Listen, if you could have another sitter easily, a shul sitter easily, why not use the shul sitter? But if there's no shul sitter easily, so there's an assumption, we could assume that he's happy that you go ahead and do a mitzvah with his money, and he's not so worried that the, the cost of the safer is not so much, and the chances of it getting ruined are not so much. And if a person follows the conditions laid out by the Mishnah Bura, a person would be able to use up his friend's svarim, Based on this chazak of nichalil inish levi mitzvah one thing the Shevet Alevi does say is that even though we'll say this by today's svarim, that people are not so mad about today's svarim, but if it's uh, a sefer that anklaf, in other words, if it's nevim, sifrei nevim and ksuvim, if a person has a megillah written on klaf or a person has a nevim written on klaf, so that's a very expensive thing, and that's something that a person typically could easily be mad about. So Zakh the Shevet Alevi, even though we we're going to say this by regular Svarim, but don't make a mistake and extend that to Svarim written on cloth like a Megillah or Nevi'im. And in closing, like we, the, our discussion was in relation to mitzvahs. In mitzvahs, we have to be extra careful that they're not done through an Avera. So, Mechad Gisa. We say, it's easier and faster for us to make an assumption that he's not makbid about you using 
his item for a mitzvah. But in cases when he is makpid, in those cases that don't fit into the parameters, a person should be extra careful. Because especially when it comes to things of a mitzvah, you have to be extra careful to keep away from gazel. Our whole idea, we want to do a mitzvah, we want to bring ritu, we want to have uh, to Hashem. We're not going to be bringing nachas ruach to Hashem if it's coming about through gazel. So we have to make sure we're clear and we follow the halachas and only use things when we're allowed to use them. The Beis Havad on the Parsha series has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. To reach the Center for Halacha Consultations, Service, Educational Seminars, or Media, please call 1-888-485-VAD. That's 1-888-485-8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Beis Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org or you can email us at office at the halachacenter.org.